Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, on episode 264. Okay. This Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis situation has me conflicted. Now, for those who may not know, both Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis were in a show together called That 70 Show with another co-worker whose name is Danny M. Um, Matheson. And he has been found guilty. Yeah, his name is Danny Masterson. He has been found guilty of rape. Like, full-on rape. Not just like, not, not to say just, but like, you know the rape that you would hear about of like, be careful, don't go in the alley at night. You know, don't walk home by yourself at nighttime. Because you could get raped, because someone could just snatch you up, yada, yada, yada. That is the type of rape that he did. It was a violent rape. It was a very um, violent rape that he has been accused of. And apparently there is evidence that supports that fact. And that led to him being found guilty. So he has been sentenced to 30 years, um, 30 years to life, something like that, in prison. So, okay, he, you know, justice prevailed and, you know, um, that's good news, right? Yet Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis decided to write a character letter for Danny. A character letter essentially is a letter that is given to the judge to have the judge consider the character of the man who is being prosecuted and just see him as a holistic being um, to not be as harsh as you may for his punishment and to look at him as something other than the criminal that he is and the person who has done these heinous things. So with this character letter, both Ashton and Mila spoke to the the good in Danny, the Danny that they knew and the Danny that they have always known and that they are... They're not necessarily denying or yeah, denying the 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 uh, charge against him. They're not speaking about that per se, but they're just simply speaking of the Danny that they know. So they've of course received a lot of backlash. And I'm saying of course because the times that we're in, and naturally when someone accuses someone else of rape, especially rape that is violent, you are inclined to only speak in support of that said victim. Now again, when they wrote that letter, apparently the letter is not to denounce 
the the voice of the victim, but inherently it already did, which is unfortunate, right? So just like just by them writing a letter, a character letter for Danny, it just naturally denounces the voice and further allows for him to not be seen as the villain that he is especially in the eyes of his victim. And I think it's more than one victim. So because of this backlash, both Ashton and Mila uh, Mila have decided to release a statement, a video statement on Instagram, and just emphasize that they are not discouraging victims of sexual assault to to come out and... um, speak up of the injustice that they experience. They're not necessarily trying to shut their voices down. They were just genuinely speaking for the person that they knew. And I think it's just a hard pill to swallow when the reality is rapists are full beings, right? And what I mean by that is they're not, you're not just one thing. Like, we're not just one thing. You know, you may be a bad person to someone. As to your neighbors, you're probably the the most generous person they've ever met. And that's just the reality of things. And it's hard to have that conversation when all you want to see or all you have ever seen of that person is just the badness of who they showed you uh, that they could be and that they have been towards you. So it's, it's a it's a hard pill to swallow. I get it. And I think that's why I'm conflicted with it. And I think also because, yeah, you know, they had a, their own specific relationship with him and it just feels uncomfortable to probably admit to the fact that, oh, wait, he's he's a horrible person like he's evil and he's disgusting and how could he have done these horrid things so let's um I want you guys to take a listen and hear what Mila and Ashton decided to say in their response to the backlash that they received so I'm gonna go ahead and play this clip and what's interesting about this video is I thought it was very uh, articulate. And I would say that because they took their time in speaking. They paused. They reflected. You could see them showing uh, distress in their facial expressions. And I think it was very intentional for them to look a bit disheveled. It's clear Mila doesn't have any makeup on. They're dressed in home clothes. It looks like Ashton Kutcher was just like running his ha- his hands through his hair. So they both look like they just been relaxing, lounging at home. 
and they've been probably stressing and thinking about how can we communicate to the public that we do care and support victims. So I think it's, <laughs> I think that was just very intentional. Maybe it wasn't intentional, but it, it literally, I think it worked to their favor for them to look the way that they did because they look kind of a, a bit of a hot mess, but in a I've been chilling at home type of hot mess aesthetic. So let's listen to this video and talk about that some more. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We never wanted to do that. And we're sorry if that is Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or So what's interesting about the last part of their message is that they said their hearts go out to every victim and any victim who's ever who's ever been a victim of sexual assault. And a lot of the backlash, you know, people find anything to get mad at you for. Like, you know, like I could apologize profusely. I could be be intentional with my verbiage. I, you know, but still there's something wrong with what I said, right? So I think people are just kind of nitpicking. But what they decided to nitpick on in this, I think it was very thought out and understandable apology. Because I think it's, you're put in an uncomfortable position. And we'll get on, you know, I've kind of been talking about this anyway, just like, um, throughout this podcast and in recent episodes how it's a hard pill to swallow when you learn that a loved one of yours is accused of a heinous crime and you've only known this person as one way a good way you've only known the good the good version of that person so to then learn that oh wait this person is accused of rape what? This is not the Danny I know, you know? But unfortunately, even saying this is not the Danny I know discredits the victims who have experienced the Danny that you don't know. But why can't we also say, I'm sorry, but this hasn't been my experience of him. So my adjectives to describe him are totally different than yours. And I think both can still be okay, right? I I feel like we should live in a world where those two things um, can coexist or should coexist. That's just my opinion. Uh, But so they decided to nitpick on the fact that he is, uh, or both of them said, uh, we stand with all the victims. Instead of saying we specifically support these two victims of Danny, (laughs) you know? And I think that was definitely intentional also, right? You have to be mindful. These people are rich. 
These people have connections and these people can be found liable for whatever they said or didn't say or however they position their words. So if they were to have said, we stand with the victims of, with the specific victims of Danny Masterson, (laughs) then it would appear as if they agree or they do find him guilty also right and you it's a it's a it's a tricky line because even if he is found guilty let's you know and I'm not discounting the words and the experiences of the victim but I think also we have to recognize that the the judicial system is not always correct it does not get at everything right there are plenty, not just some or a few or one in every 300 convicts. No, there's a lot of victims. There's a lot of victims of the judicial system. Those who have been incarcerated are not always guilty of said crime, you know, and that is not the conspiracy theorist um perspective here that's literally real life like it's not it's not far-fetched to say that that's my point so I think um we have to just be honest with that because if you if we if we just deny that then that we're just being purposely obtuse here and it's just silly so they received a lot of backlash for deciding to not specifically name or say we stand with these specific victims of Danny Masterson. And I just think it's a little, I don't know, it's, just, it's, it's uncomfortable and I, I don't feel like it's fair. I also feel like we have like can we show them grace also for them to be called now and by them i'm saying ashton kutcher and Mila kunis for them to be called rape apologists like people just be making shit up i've heard of that word i'm not saying this this word was just made up last night but essentially this word has just been made up last night and what i mean by that is people are so quick to make things up to to paint you in this bad light instead of having these real conversations instead of being honest here like shut the fuck up you think these two are really trying to apol- to to excuse rape do you think these two are really trying to say oh, oh i'm just making sure my dog is good it's good what what are you doing get over here I swear I'm not a bad dog mom. I'm just, I believe in boundaries. Give me a second, y'all. Get over here. Stop. Oh. Child. Okay. We have to be honest here, okay? And what I mean by that is, like, we can't just act like we don't live in a conflicting society. And so... Inside sit down sit down okay uh we're we can't just act like we are what what i leave off my god anyway um oh yeah people just be making shit up all these stupid ass buzzwords just so us could just for us to be bullied into following a specific thought a specific verbiage and a specific trend no 
No, like I, it's understandable. It's understandable that a friend of someone for 25 years decided to write a character letter on behalf of this person despite whatever he is he's accused of it does not mean that they are in support of rape like what are we talking about like let's have real conversation y'all acting so dumb okay i want to play another clip because now people are pulling old footage of ashton kutcher and mila kunez and for those who may not know mila kunez and ashton kutcher are married they are husband and wife and they have been for quite a while yes we know we knew ashton kutcher used to be married to demi demi moore for quite some time also they finally divorced moved on and he has now been with mila kunas ever since the the caveat here is I think they were together before he and Demi Moore got together. Nonetheless, they were on the show, that 70s show together. And on the show, they had, they had, you know, with characters that they played, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. They had kissing scenes, makeout sessions, yada, yada, yada. And in this video that I'm going to play right now, you see an example of, Mila Kunis describing her role on the show and how it was just the norm back then. So I'm going to go ahead and play this clip if I could find it. Stop. And, uh, nigga, hold on. How come it didn't pop up? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and play this clip real quick. Okay, I think I found it. And basically in this clip, you see her describing just the culture back then and how it was the norm for her to do what she did in the role that she played. Okay. So... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I guess I'll find it later. Or I'll probably put it in post post clip. But nonetheless, um, let me just describe it. So anyway, so she was in this interview, this talk show. I think it was the Roseanne show. I remember watching it when I was younger. And um, <laughs> she talks about how she was the one... Um, always having to be basically the kissing pole for the the men on the show. And at the time, she was only 14 years old. While Ashton Kutcher and the rest of them, especially Ashton Kutcher, they are much older than her. And she was like, yeah, she has to play like the slut on the show or whatever. Whatever the joke was, but, um, share the V-Service clip of Ashton Kutcher. Hold on, there's another video. Because I'm hearing so many conflicting stories of Ashton Kutcher apparently knowing the woman who accused Danny Masterson of rape. And Danny Masterson is actually 
a Scientologist. And this rape happened many years ago. And when it freshly happened, the victim spoke up about it. She wanted justice for it. And I think she was in Scientology also. And because of this, they did not respect her. They did not try to support victims. Instead, they covered it up, which is unfortunately the norm for many victims, especially in cultish societies, such as churches, whether it's a Catholic church, Scientology, a Baptist church, a household, like it, that is literally the norm. And it just is what it is. It just is what it is. So it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. But the point is like, it's so normalized for people, especially institutions that are large, that are religious to cover up the truth of heinous crimes done against vulnerable populations. Um, I don't know why the video doesn't want to pop up on here, but let's have, I want to play this other clip and see what happens here. Okay, they're not speaking, so let's move on. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move forward. But yeah, so this is... So that's coming up in the headlines. And you also hear of um, an ex-girlfriend of Ashton Kutcher who was terrifyingly murdered by a serial killer at the time from a few years ago. And he was coined the name the boy next door killer. You know how there's like the Golden State killer, uh, the Long Island killer. Like, you know, people like to give a name (laughs) for these serial killers. Uh, It's not to be funny about. But the point is, you have these... um, you have these uh, these names for these killers. And unfortunately, a former girlfriend of Ashton Kutcher was a victim of, of him. Now, I don't know why they're bringing that up for whatever reason, like as if to say, I don't know if they're trying to accuse Ashton of anything. But anyway, Ashton Kutcher testified during the trial, which led for him to be found guilty his testimony was one of the leading factors to help him be found guilty for the crime. Because the night of the murder, they were scheduled, they already had set up for them to go out on a date. And when he didn't hear from her, I think she took too long, according to what's the typical time frame for her, he decided to go to her her home. And as he peeked through the windows, he noticed what he thought were wine stains on the floor was instead, unfortunately, her blood. So it was the same night when they were supposed to go out and have dinner was the same night she got murdered. Literally, like, probably an hour difference, like an hour before it happened, and he found her, um, or he saw the blood, and the police came probably thereafter. Anyway, it's just a terrible story. 
Um, but that's now coming up in the headlines, right? And I'm just trying to understand for what? Like, what are they trying to say with that connection there? Like, that has nothing to do with Ashton Kutcher. I don't know. I just hate, I hate that. We go down this this rabbit hole of, oh, well, he's he's actually an evil person. He's a rape apologist. And look, look what happened to his ex-girlfriend. I guess people need, people need to stay away from Ashley Kutcher. Like, can we cut it out? And then this whole argument of the age difference between a man and a woman. Can we cut it out? There are women who like older men. Period. That doesn't mean we, we've been groomed. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying we. I'm using that pronoun on purpose. Catch it. That doesn't mean we like to be groomed or that we've been groomed, you know, that we've been manipulated and actually he's been molesting me my whole life and I just finally decided to give in and I'm his girlfriend, I'm his wife now. Like, no, <laughs> that doesn't mean any of that. <laughs> Like, I think there's just something to, you know, for women who understand what I'm saying is there's something to men who are older because there's a level of prestige. And by I'm not even talking materialistically. I'm really not. But I'm saying there's a prestige in your essence. There's a prestige in your identity and your character. You are more established in who you are as a man. And I just find that to be sexy. Like I think older men have a je ne sais quoi about them. And you know, something about like, I like a man to lead. I like for a man to have a mind of his own. I like for a man to be a man, um, to be in control and to not like act like they know what's going on, but like really know what's going on. And typically that is found in some older, not every older man, obviously, right? This is not a monolithic thing, but typically you would find that more in older men. And I just think that's just a net, like, that's okay. It doesn't mean, you know, uh, I I have daddy issues or, like, no, I have a great relationship with my dad. Like, <laughs> it's just so silly. People are just so quick to psychoanalyze things and, like, oh, well, 15 years, yeah, the older the better. <laughs> Sorry, a young man or a man around the same age is not is not what's up. It's really not. I, in my experience, in my opinion, sure. Again, it's not a monolithic thing. It's just something that is something that I can testify. I'm gonna hit you. Stop it. It's something that I could testify. Please excuse me, y'all. Please excuse me. Okay, you know I gotta I got set boundaries. Show them who's alpha. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Okay, so, so yeah, shout out to Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Okay, I need to understand, does anyone else feel the same way as me? Because I'm not trying to act like I'm this bougie person, I'm really not, but there is something going on in the industry right now that is intentionally promoting debauchery amongst black women debauchery promoted by black women and it's becoming to 
it feels like it's a trope. Like we're being laughed at or it's just very stereotypical on how black women are being seen and perceived in the entertainment industry. And the leading forces behind this are Sukiyana, Sexy Red, and Krayshawn. Uh, hello? There is something going on with this ghetto-ass culture. And it's like, it, it's one thing to be like, you know, I'm real I'm from the... Like, when Cardi B first started out, it didn't feel like... She was doing things for attention or it didn't it didn't come off disingenuous, right? Like I think with Cardi B, there was something real about her until she finally got, you know, all this fake sur- all this surgery and now she looks like a damn plastic doll. But nonetheless, she was still real. Like there was something about her that was relatable, that was just natural. Like it didn't seem like she was doing too much to just do too much. It was it just seemed like she was just being herself. You know, and I think that resonated with a lot of people. So okay, cool. Now, with Sukiyana, now for those who may not know Sukiyana, I don't know who she is still. I really don't. I've seen pictures of her, videos of her, um, but I'm not too familiar of her. Apparently, she is a rapper. She has a few songs, uh, but I think her identity is most known for being a whore. Uh, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like, she shows off her body nude and there's videos of her being sexually performative and she has children and there's music videos of her performing in that way and also being quite one could argue inappropriate towards minors in the sake of how to have an explicit video go on YouTube there are videos there are clips that I've seen people talk about that I've seen been mentioned and that I've seen have gone viral of her twerking on a young boy and her just just doing too much, purposely smacking her lips, purposely being loud and aggressive. And yes, I'm I'm describing another black woman as aggressive. Can we shut the fuck up with that? I was watching Ready to Love, and that really just pissed me off when Janelle was like mad because the word combative was used to describe a black woman. Now, granted, Jessica, sorry, a quick, a quick, let's do a quick side note here, and then we'll get back to Sukiyana's ass. Now, understand this. Jessica has not been combative. She has been aggressive, not aggressive, I want to say, just she just has been a bit cold, a bit rigid, um, hard to read, uh, standoffish, but combative, aggressive, no. Janelle certainly has been combative. The word combative suits her well. The word aggressive suits her well. Same for Tequila's ass, uh, Tequila, whatever it was from er- the earlier episodes of this season. And that is applicable 
through and through. And I don't think her being a black woman, both of them being black women, has anything to do with the fact that you actually are a living proof of this adjective. And I'm just sick of the cop-out of you can't use that word to describe black women. Now, I understand... I do understand the connotation that it holds specifically against black women, the negative connotation, and that's simply because of the trope of angry black woman, right? How women, black women, black women in particular are not allowed in society to feel a full range of their emotions or else they're being seen as combative and aggressive and they're not being taken seriously and it's unfair while white women can be a Karen and be praised and be encouraged for that behavior behavior and it's just it's not fair right so all that I get that but I think we have to put that in a box Right. We have to take that out of the box when it applies and then be reflective of our own actions. We have to be reflective of, hey, have I been combative? Let's look at the definition of the word. Right. Have I been aggressive? Let's look at the definition of the word, because those adjectives do hold true for people in general, for for some people, you know what I mean? So, it, like, you, regardless of your skin color, it does not hold you exempt from that adjective. That's just my opinion. Okay, let's get back. What were we talking about? <laughs> okay, so, so the VMAs happened recently, and I, I didn't watch it. I didn't know it was coming on. I forgot. Like, I didn't know they were still an award show. Hello? Okay, but this is an award show. Nicki Minaj apparently hosted it. Shout out to her. And um, during the red carpet portion of the show, Sukiyana is on her four, on her limbs, both hands and feet, on the floor, twerking and crawling on the red carpet. And <laughs> it's just to the point where, like, girl, what are we doing? Like, like, what happened to class? What happened to decorum? Right? So for her to just simply be to, you know, twerking on the floor at the VMA's red carpet, it is a bad look. It's disturbing. It's embarrassing. And I think... At some point, someone has to be like, sis. But again, she is someone who has made a profit off of this. This, this is her form of currency. So in her mind, she probably sees it as, you know what? I don't care. I'm making money. I'm making money. So Sukiana dances and twerks on the floor at the VMA's red carpet. So And this is the same uh, critique White, some white people have gone to it's not just a black thing. I'm even though I started off as just a black thing, but my point is, someone could be listening to this and be like, Oh, why can we don't get on white people? Why are you always so hard on black people? Let no, when Miley Cyrus did this, when she was in her stage of uh, the one who invented the term and the dance move of twerking, you know, how twerking became mainstream, the term and the movement became mainstream because of Miley Cyrus. 
during that era of Miley Cyrus with her tongue hanging out with her kissing on girls, with her wearing barely nothing. She was acting a damn fool also. Like, so it, it goes, it's an equal critique here. But I'm just focusing on Sukiyana because I'm noticing not just Sukiyana, but two other black women who are receiving prominent exposure right now. And they all happen to be black. I just feel like it's an intention behind it. I really do. So Sukiyana is a veteran in the entertainment world, but she's been 2023's breakout star. Initially, Suki rose to fame as an Instagram star, similar to a host of other women. She gained her national fame from being on, oh, okay, she was on Love & Hip Hop. I've been stopped watching Love & Hip Hop. It's been years since I've tuned in. I, and I used to watch that show religiously until I realized, like, this is, like, nonstop. Because as soon as Love & Hip Hop, and the main one, Love & Hip Hop, was centered in New York. And then it got bigger, and it was Miami. It was, um... Where else? Well, there was like so many other seasons and so many other parts of the franchise. And uh, it just got too much. Like, I just, I felt like my energy was getting depleted. Anyway, so she apparently started on Love & Hip Hop. I did not know that. In 2018, she joined the original Love & Hip Hop Miami cast. Through this time period, she has consistently released music. Now it's resonating. As a result, Sukiana is receiving invites to the VMAs. When she arrived, all uh, she twerked all over the floor. Sukiana has become one of the biggest stars on the entertainment scene. This is a far cry from her being um, from her being simply a viral star. From the summer 2018 until the 2021 period, Suki was seen as just that. Okay, so that's how she got her start. Um, that's her origin story. And now she is doing whatever it takes to maintain that fame. But who knows how long this will last. I don't know. She's really talented. I don't know. I don't know. But she apparently is a musical artist also. She released a song and music video with Sexy Red. Sexy Red is another one. Just purposely ghetto, doing too much. Like, it's not, again, like, this ghetto because, like, I've genuinely been raised and brought up in an environment that is such, right? And that reflects in my character or my in my behavior, right? But it's a genuine representation. And then there's ghetto on steroids because I'm trying to gain further attention, whether it's good or bad attention. I'm just trying to gain as much as possible to just increase my level of stardom and my level of fame that is the ghetto that she's on like it's literally on steroids and you see how she like she's purposely wearing these just these like these ridiculous outfits her hair her wig I should say just two different bright ass tones tattoos everywhere this this clunky ass set of glasses she got on I think she's she has on braces it's just like girl what 
I'm the one I'm talking about. I'm out of town, fucking with my. And look, everything's catchy. But here's the thing: when you have these small hats, and who who am I talking about? Small hats, the Jews. When you have them, maybe I should bleep. <laughs> but you know, when you have a certain demographic who's in charge, who who is in these elitist positions. In the entertainment industry, they are in control of your identity. And if they say, hey, look, you're under my thumb. I need you to do this, that, or this. And if you don't do this, that, or this, you won't have your career anymore and I'll make sure of it, right? So now you have these puppets literally doing whatever it takes to maintain their level of stardom and fame and notoriety like that is just what's happening here it's totally a gimmick it's a whole gimmick so you have sexy red purposely looking like a damn fool and they have a song together they're just amplifying the ratchetness the it's just I don't know y'all it's just really disappointing to see where we are in society where we are in the the music industry where we are in the talent that is being shown to us like where is the talent like child and then and then we have Krishan Krishan who has recently given birth on Instagram live giving birth to a real child you know for a time we thought I thought at least that she really wasn't pregnant I thought it was all a conspiracy and yes we will see a, a, I will see a little bit of a lump but I just thought she was forcing it you know how sometimes us ladies we would get bloated after eating a full meal or certain types of meals I just thought it was another example of that but uh no she really was pregnant and she's the type of pregnant that doesn't get too big which is a blessing I think um anyway but so yeah so she's pregnant well she just gave birth to her first child and this is a child that she shares with Blueface who was a rapper I think he had some time modeling but he um, no longer does that. And I think he's trying to rap or be known for his rap, but he's not really making much of himself. And Krishan, her role, she does have a song out. So I think she's a rapper also. But both of them, they are reality stars as well. And they have a show called Crazy in Love on the Zeus Network in which they are being followed during their time dating and just being in a relationship with each other. They're currently not together anymore. He apparently decided to go back with his previous baby mama and their relationship is very volatile and toxic and it's just a hot mess. It's really a hot mess. And she's, they, it's currency. It's currency because um, they make money from all of the times that they are allowing us to know their business, their personal business. We know every bit of it because they're on Instagram live talking about each other, talking dog crap about each other. They're 
recording everything they're snapping everything on instagram they're they're making it known that this is what they do for a living this is how they get paid this is literally their form of currency so a part of that i don't know if she was Force, or there was a deal that was made, and it was an understanding and a legality for her to be on Instagram Live during her birth. But nonetheless, she gave birth while being on Instagram Live. And I don't even know what to say about that because this has been a norm. Like, people need to understand this is reality now. Like, every day is a reality show. We are filming ourselves. We are creating videos and content. Many of us are content creators. And that means a plethora of things. That means you are literally giving everyone access to your everyday, to your get ready with me's, to your your recipe for the day, to your cooking videos, to your vlogs, to your, you know, come with me to work day. Like this is the reality that we are living in. This was not the thing 30 years ago, 25 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, but this has been a reality for quite some time now and people are making money off of it. So I can't even really give her hate on it. I think what I've been trying to grapple my mind around is accepting this new normal and maybe to stop resisting this any longer <laughs> maybe I need to make a TikTok account you guys maybe like I eventually I would like to make some money off of this <laughs> but no let me do do a quick shout out because I really appreciate the increase in subscribers that I've been having on my YouTube channel so shout out to you guys for subscribing if you have yet to subscribe take this time right now to, to do so go on YouTube type in God built this podcast and you'll see my page go ahead go ahead and hit subscribe and the notification bell so you are notified for whenever I release content so I'm really excited about that but that is literally just the time that we're in we make money off of content that we create and push out on these different platforms so also a shameless plug to my patreon page if you would like more content content that I haven't released on mainstream uh, platforms please become or please consider being a patron and the link for that is in the show notes uh, and it's patreon.com slash God built this. So just check that out if you are interested. I hope you are. So it's just a reality that we're in, you guys. Like we are making a profit. We are increasing our streams of income from creating content, from having a phone, filming a couple of clips, putting them together, putting some background music and dancing, hitting a choreography, whatever it is, and putting publishing it online, people are making a living off of this. Like so many content creators that I watch on YouTube that I have in my rotation, they have and let's assume everything is true, right? Let's say let's assume that if they really are and I genuinely believe the ones that I am following, I do understand that there are people who lie and try to make things more of what they are, but 
for the ones who I do have on my roster, like my rotation that I will frequently watch their content at a rotation, I think they really are living the lives that they that they exclaim um, that they exclaim. So yeah, that's literally the reality that we live in, you guys. So I guess it's about time to embrace it and just think of a next TikTok move. So Colin Kaepernick is talking about he wants to go back in the NBA, in the, as an NBA, in the NFL. If this thing I don't get out of my face, I am sick of him. It's him, it's AOC. Who else is in, who's, who else is in that list? It's, it's so many people, but them two are the first one that I think about. And I think they're just like so annoying. Like... They try to preach all of this, like, him in particular, right? Colin Kaepernick. He is, he's been exclaiming how the NFL is racist and, you know, sure. I'm, I was in support of the protest that he did, didn't want to stand for the flag. Instead, of he, he kneeled and... Um, I hated how the media was so quick to just uh, put just put so much hate against that because he nailed it. He didn't stand when interesting and interestingly enough, he asks for the advice of those who are, um, veterans. And they said that was the proper thing to do. And he, I don't know, you know, anyway, uh, so he decided to, what he do? He decided to, um, say, that he is interested in returning to the NFL. Now, he hasn't played since 2016. <laughs> he hasn't played since 2016. I don't know in what world for a former NFL player to be able to return to the league after so long. But nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, so failed. I'm reading an article from America Insider. So these are not my words. <laughs> Don't hate on me for the aggression in these words. But uh, let me just go ahead and read this. So failed NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick is thinking about a possible return to the National Football League. The New York Jets recently lost Aaron Rodgers, who tore his Achilles on the first night of the season. Kaepernick's agent has confirmed that he's in contact with the Jets. Kaepernick hasn't played since 2016 when he began his promotion of controversial left-wing social protests during the national anthem. Since then, numerous teams have declined to give him a spot on the roster. Um, according to this tweet here said by an NFL reporter named Jordan Schultz, quote, I just spoke with Colin Kaepernick, <clears throat> Colin Kaepernick, who tells me <clears throat> his agent reached out to the Jets about his desire to make an NFL return. <coughs> Hold on. Oh, gosh, I was in my throat to make an NFL return. NFL reporter, yeah. So Kaepernick remains on the West Coast working out. 
um, there's a video that he released called We Stay Sharp. I don't, I don't know, child. Who knows if this is true or not? If it is true, I think it's so silly. I think it's silly because you went on this whole campaign talking about the racism in the NFL. And now you're talking about you want to go back to the racism? Like, wh- what? You know what I mean? It'd be one thing if he said, I noticed so many gr- uh, leaps and bounds and the NFL has shown that they are allies of those who are disenfranchised, particularly black lives. And I, because of this, I want to go back to the NFL and be an example for young black men out there. You know, like... <laughs> But nothing has changed, you know? Sure, there are, I don't know, there's always been black performers during the halftime show. Like, you know, there's been a diverse amount of of performers throughout the history of halftime shows during the NFL, at the NFL game. So, like, um, we're saying, like, what... We know what's the difference. So him wanting to go play now, why, why? It just means it to me. It just comes off like everything that you did just didn't mean anything. It was just for publicity. It was just for the the drug of fame. So, child, God bless. I'm just totally. I'm so unimpressed and it's it's absolutely cringe worthy now. It's definitely cringe worthy. So Kanye West is out here in Italy acting a fool and we'll just end with this because I I don't know, man. I think my heart kind of goes out to the man. I think he is not in his right mind. And he said that, right? He said that he's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So this is not, uh, is not out of character of someone who is bipolar. It's just also unfortunate that he has not been the same. He's he has not been stabilized in so long. And what I mean by that is, like you know, when he first came out, he was somewhat normal yes he had his random outbursts when he you know when he said the whole George Bush doesn't care about black people era and when he interrupted Taylor Swift I guess throughout his his throughout his career throughout the times that we've been introduced to him and we've seen him he's always acted out (laughs) so I guess it's just kind of increased more throughout the years but come to think of it he's always been kind of off-putting he's always been um speaking out inappropriately and just being awkward throughout the times that we've known him so maybe this is right on character and I know people would like to say oh well he hasn't been the same since the death of his mother and maybe sure maybe the death of his mother definitely impacted him in a way that was more negative than it should have been but I think his condition of bipolar disorder has always been there and I just think recently we've been given a name and the official word of or the reason why he's been acting erratically but 
it's always been that, right? So he's been bipolar before he even told us he was. So I just, I just think it's so disturbing, and I hate that. Uh, he is just not normal. I really do hate that. I hate that he's not being covered uh, properly. I hate that he was in freaking Italy with his pants down getting head by his spiritual wife. It's just, what are we doing, man? Like, just go somewhere and stay there. I just, I do feel sorry for him. I do feel sorry for the woman that he's now married to. And I'm saying it like that because, and I look, I support um, doing things your own way, right? And so I'm, I'm just being funny when I'm saying married to like that. But I'm just making that point because they're not legally married, right? And I don't know. I think his divorce with Kim Kardashian has been finalized. Um, so let's say if it wasn't, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't think he can say that's his wife yet because he's not legally divorced from his current wife if him and Kim Kardashian are still legally married. But I just think overall, he needs help. And she, his new woman, (laughs) needs to get out. (laughs) All right, you guys, I'm going to go ahead and end it here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you so much for supporting. And I will check in with you all next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. If you liked it, leave a review, share, and subscribe. God bless.